Bags down, spikes on. Welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitsman. I'm going to be your host of this episode of Track World News presented by Track Barn. And today we're joined by a very special guest. He is the fastest man in the world last year, PR of 9.76, uh, two-time Olympian and world champion as well, Trayvon Brumel. Uh, Trayvon, thank you for, for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, for sure. No problem. Of course, of course. Definitely looking forward to, to this conversation here. And before we get into uh, much of the uh, what your track and field stuff is going to be looking like, want to talk about some some off the track things. And first, let's let's get with some some fan questions. Uh, actually, we'll go to the fan questions after that. We'll go to the fan questions later. So um, one, you you're a big hat guy and some things that people will notice the, the number seven, you, you always have the number seven. It's on your, your profile. It's on your, your hat right now. Um, what does that, that number kind of symbolize to you? Because we see it all, all over the place with, uh, with your profile. Um, I feel like it, it's, it's a lot that I can explain with it. Uh, many people ask me about it. Uh, it's crazy. I just actually talked to my agent because he asked me about it as well. Uh, I can put in the simplest, I can give a, I can give a summary, right? So something that I know everybody could possibly understand. So where I'm from, our area code is 727. Um, and for the most part, if people see uh, where I'm from, like it's a street also that I used to pretty much walk down. It's, it's the center street of like our city. It's called 34th Street. And that's pretty much like literally the center point of our, our city. You know, it's the main road um and three plus four is seven so in, in most simplest forms i it's more in-depth reasoning behind why i wear it as well too it's more than just one point uh but it's more of like a, a intimate thing you know more so internal uh just more close to myself but it, it means a vast majority of many things you know yeah it's where where you came from where you are and, and where yeah. you're going so there you go. And we mentioned you're, you've been a big fan of hats. We, I think you wear a new one every single track meet, it feels like. Uh, what got you interested in, in just hats in general um, and, you know, being a fan? Uh, well, shoot, I worked at Lids growing up uh, at the mall. That was like one of my first jobs. So I, I was always connected to hats. And then during that time, uh, I was big on like more snapbacks than anything. Uh, I recently kind of got into fittings, then got real connected uh, with like Hat Club and Sports World 165 uh, Pro Image out in Cali. And I just started collecting a lot more. So I actually got like a mini little hat store in my, in my room. I, I think I have over like 60 caps. Um, yeah, so they, yeah, they, I, I love hats, always did. It was kind of my style. And I think I'm always collect. Uh, I haven't really bought anything recently, but. I mean, when something drop, I'll probably grab it. So could we see a potential, you know, hat merchandise or, or a hat line coming from you in the future? Uh, is that something you've ever thought about, uh, thought about doing? Oh, of course. But, you know, at the end of the day, when you dive into that, that business of like trying to market and brand things is always dealing with like, OK, what's going to pop? Are people going to like it? So it's all about trying to sit down and kind of build a. Uh, build a portfolio around it and try to bring it to the audience of people that I'm trying to gravitate towards or just anybody in general and see how they react to it. So, I mean, things are in the works, uh, just taking it slowly, taking it day by day with it and just trying to be smart from a business perspective. Cause I don't want to be that guy that go 
buy a bunch of hats, make these hats, and then next thing you know, it flops, right? There's a lot of money being spent and it went nowhere. So it's just all about sitting down with a team and building up a marketing plan to be able to promote this and be able to get people wearing it. Yeah, I, I feel it's got to be a, a really difficult thing where how do you balance the business side of, of track and field and the athletic side of it as well? Because obviously you, you want to compete at the highest level. You want to be able to run fast and not a lot, of, there's not much room for error there, but you also, like you mentioned, want to make sure you're, you're diving into the business aspect of things too. Like how do you balance that uh, the two aspects of, of track there? Man, you, you just gotta, you just gotta want to, uh... I don't think it's a challenge at all. People know, like, I turned pro and I still was in school getting my degree and then went on along to get my master's. So, and then you got some people that may argue, like, well, how can you be the greatest in your sport if you're not solely just thinking on that? I, I feel like that's an opinion, right? So I think it's all based on what you feel like you're capable of holding. Uh, I feel like I've achieved great things on both ends of the spectrum. Uh, it's just all about what you feel is necessary, right? So for me, I've always been the guy even coming in, that was like, hey, I love track. I want to run fast. I want to leave a mark. I want to make history with it. But I also know that track don't last forever. So you got to set yourself up for the future. Like when people talk to me and we speak about business plans, they like, oh yeah, he going to be straight. Like I, I've been like this. Like I refuse to like just stay in one space. And then when that space ends or obliterates, you'd be like, okay, what's next? Like, nah, I, I refuse to be like that. Yeah, people are saying, how, how can you be the top of your sport and not, you know, and but not putting it all into it? That makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People forget about Michael Jordan, that <laughs> like yeah. best of the sport. He, he has you know, the biggest shoe line, one of the biggest shoe lines. And, you know, you could pick pick up any athlete, you know, that you want, yeah. you know, that, that are top sport, also have a top the top brand line. Like so. Patrick Mahomes. Boom. Like, shoot, got a lot, got a lot of businesses going on and investing into many things and being top of what he does. So. I think it's just opinionated, people just saying that. But, hey, it's based off of how you feel, right? Not about what everybody else thinks. There we go. I mean, that that mm -hmm. reminds me of, I mean, if for people that are watching the video version, the spikes that you got behind yourself. Um, mm -hmm. I remember this was in, what, I think, what, 2017 or 2018 when those came out? Uh, 2016. 2016. 2016. Yeah. 2016. Yeah. I think everyone on my track had those same spikes with the – with the dial on it. Uh, oh yeah, with and, the ball, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what was what went behind the scenes there? Because I remember, uh, I don't know if they had your name associated with it, but you were highly marketed with those those shoes. How what was that kind of like when it came to creating them? Well, they actually created a line for me uh, during the 2016 going into the Olympics. So it was called the Pride and Glory Pack. So the pride, the pride pack was obviously the red, white, and blue. You got the, at the time, I think it was, what was it, like 1060 or something like that. 1060, 1090. It was a running shoe that we was promoting around that time. So it was red, white, and blue. And we dropped the red, white, and blue spike as well. And then the shoe that I have behind me, it's my, it's gold and white. And it has all my tattoos on it. And so you got that. And you also got the, the running shoe as well. And we sold it as a pack. And I want to say like the shoe sold out in like, shoot, I want to say like four hours. Like, so, like, we sold out of all the packs and everything. And it was an expensive pack. It was, like, $220, I think, for the whole for the whole thing, or a little bit higher. But it, it, it was crazy. Like, I didn't think so many people was going to buy them and, and get them. What, what blew me, though, is, like, I never seen nobody wear them. So I was like, dang, they sold that. But maybe people just kept them just as, like, a memorabilia, I guess. So, um, You know, because I've only ran in those once myself. So once I ran in them, I ended up putting them away because I don't think I even wore them going into 2016 trials or olympics if i can remember 
Yeah, I yeah, I don't even think I warm at the Olympics. So yeah, yeah. I warm probably one time just for like warming up or something. I was like, yeah, I got a box of these. I was like, I may not ever get a shoe that's favored after me ever again. So I just want to save them in a good condition. And I think everyone who bought them was in at Mount St. Mary's University in Maryland because there was like five <laughs> people on my team that had them same white and gold thing. So it might have just been everybody was in Maryland. Cause I, rem- I remember seeing them. Yeah, one of my one of my friends who joined the team is like, oh yeah, I got the new uh, you know, the Trayvon spikes. So it was the white, the same white and gold ones. I'm like, so yeah, yeah it might they, they might have all been in the Northeast. So that that might have been where they were at. <laughs> for sure, for sure. There you go. And so um, uh, one thing that you you've mentioned several times is that you you want to be a voice for people that don't have one, like uh, a yeah. voice for the voiceless, and be able to expand your reach not just on the track, but be a servant for others and and be able to offer this perspective because. You know, you came from you know, a, a difficult standing. I know we, we I spoke with uh, Donald Scott uh, and he was mentioning how you know, he also came from a similar, you know, difficult areas in, in Florida. Could you kind of touch on on how you want to you know, be greater than just the times you're running on on the track here? Yes, yeah, it's, it's all about giving people hope at the end of the day. Right. So I tell a lot of athletes that we got to start speaking up more about the things that we go through from day in and day out because. You got kids who watch, young adults who watch, even adults older who try to, who are trying to figure out how to do this thing called life. Um, And in the most of it all, they look at us and they're like, oh, well, they got it all together. You know, everything in their life must be perfect. It's like, nah, like, let me, let me explain to y'all what I've been through and what it all took for me to get here. And then in the midst of that message, you're talking to people probably who also come from where you come from. And they like, man, he went through all of that. Maybe I can make it too. And so this is why, like for me, I have a problem with people not speaking up as much. We go to meets, we be quick to only talk about ourselves and not how we trying to impact everybody, right? Like I get our job is to go out there and win. And I know everybody trying to get financial gain and take care of their business. But at the end of the day, man, you, you got to... I remember Will Smith once said, if, if you're not helping somebody, then you're wasting your time. And that's all I've ever wanted to do is try to help find a way for everybody. Like, I remember me and uh, me and Marvin had a conversation, and Marvin was like, man, it's room, it's room in this thing called life for everybody to eat. You feel me? So it's like, why not try to pave the way for people who even come from your same similar background? Like, for me, like, when I go back to my city, I don't wear all my chains and nothing like that because I don't want nobody to feel like I'm bigger than them. I want them to realize, like, look, I come from the same place you come from. I walk these same streets you walk. Like, you can make it out of this situation. I don't ever make nobody feel like they be little or smaller than who they are or anything. I make people feel like they're on an equal playing field because you got an opportunity just like I got an opportunity. I had to make a way just like you can make a way. So I think that's that's my biggest thing. Like, I want to be able to speak for for people who really want to be heard because I know what it felt like not to be heard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and it doesn't have to be, you know, track and field that you're going into. It could be yeah. if you found your way in, in music, in, in art or in business, mm-hmm. whatever that might be. Like th- there's a path for you to have a, a difficult upbringing and still be able to be successful no matter what it was. I know yeah. a little while ago you you actually you know helped with some grants for kids to, to get to school. I mean, could, could you kind of touch mm-hmm. on what what that was uh, that you had done? So I, I want to say it was back in 2018. Um... I recently did, I, well, I, I can't say recently, but back in 2018, I did a grant for, for college students to get into school. Uh, pretty much all they had to do was send in an essay to me and pretty much t- tell me what they've been through, you know, what trials that they dealt with and what they're trying to do in life and wh- I guess why they deserve the grant. 
And man, it was it was big for me as the reader because I'm like, I'm like, man, there's some people that went through some crazy stuff, you know, and it's probably still going through some wild things. And for them to be able to push and speak these speak these messages through they uh, through their paper to somebody that they don't even know that they never physically met, it was powerful for me to see how much of an outreach we have as athletes or you know, um, shoot actors, artists, whatever. Like how much impact we have on people for people to feel open and and transparent about who they are it, and some of them was like in the end of their messages like in the end of their papers they like look even if i don't get it like what you doing help me get back on my feet or what you said help me keep pushing and that's the little stuff that i be trying to get people to understand that while well, i say you got to keep speaking while you got to get out there in the community you got to do something because even pe- like me and me knowing marvin was talking on the live the other day on spaces and all of a sudden I said, man, some people just want to even feel acknowledged. You say hating them, they feel like they can go fly the next day. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that acknowledgement that some people need. I know, shoot, I tell people all the time where I grew up from, it wasn't no superheroes. Like if there was, many of us probably would have made it out, but we didn't have no walking image or example. You know what I'm saying? So some people just want to be acknowledged to see how they can do it or what they can be. So I, yeah, yeah. So when it came down to the scholarship, I just really wanted to give people opportunity to get out of maybe their situation and get to school. And I know how much it is to uh, pay for college. So it's it's very expensive when you, when you go there, especially without a scholarship. So I just want to try to pave a way for them. Yeah. You're, you're definitely helping jumpstart uh, a life for a lot of those kids. Had, had you been able to, to see how any of them have done throughout the years had, or had there not been too much uh, connection over? Uh, some of them like through like social media, I see like they probably went on and graduated and went to college and started doing the things they wanted to do. Uh, one of the, like one of the women that I sent the grant to, she's actually from my city. She ended up going to uh, law school. So I, I like, I see it like on Facebook and stuff like that. So I, I mean, it seems like they're putting it to use, you know, uh, but at the end of the day, like I said, I don't do what I do to try to keep tabs. Or I'm like, look, at the end of the day, I just want them to do something better than maybe where they are, you know, so some of them, they might needed a car or something like that, you know what I'm saying? So I look at that as just for what it is. I ain't never been a person that'd be like, wow, well, you know, I give you this money you need to do like, look. I'm not doing it to try to control nobody. Like, I just want to help. Look, if this can help you get out of whatever situation, debt, uh, you need transportation, so be it. I mean, once it's out of my hands, it's up to you. You the adult, so you got to make the decision. Mm-hmm. And I, I pray, I prayed over it before, you know, I gave it to them because I was just hoping that, you know, they do lead to a better decision rather than a bad decision, you know, with the finances. So, I mean, like I said, I ain't keeping tabs on them, but I mean, I hope they are doing great things in their life. There you go. It's good to hear that. Yeah, it is. It seems like for at least a few of them, it, it was definitely a going a, going a good use there. Uh, and so with this, one of them transition a little bit, uh, went, went into your Twitter, went into a few tweets that you had, got some questions, uh, questions for you. So first one, this was from uh, March 1st, 2022. Uh, you said, man, let me tell you, Marv came to the track like he was ready to fight. <laughs> What t- tell us about Marvin? Why is this man uh, always looking for looking for a fight, man? Uh, Marv just Marv just crazy, yo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Marv, Marv just crazy. It's crazy. He just texted me right now. But uh, yeah, he, after I, I want to say it was at the Worlds, like man came back had a full ski mask on and all black. <laughs> I was like, yo, I like yo, what is going on with this guy? But yeah, no, nah, I mean that's just Marv, yo. Anybody who know him, that's just personality. That's just who he is. Like he. He authentically himself, you know what I'm saying? So 
I mean, it, it was it was all jokes, obviously, but you know, he went out there the whole time with it on, but he came in there had it on. You know, he made people laugh and everything. So, yeah, it's it's all love though. At the end of the day, he could be himself, so we we accept that. There you go. And this one right here, this might have been one of the wildest wildest statements I, I heard. This is from December thirteenth, twenty twenty one. You said, "Unpopular opinion: Treasure Planet is Disney's greatest movie." how <laughs> how is treasure planet disney's greatest you got tarzan you got yep. all the other we got treasure treasure planet you got you got i ain't gonna lie treasure planet was crazy though like I, like i get so with tarzan tarzan really didn't make sense to me yo it, like i know i'd be watching some of the like oh the theories and all that like how all the tie-in of frozen and all i i, I get it but sometimes it just, just throw me off like it don't make sense so Treasure Planet. I don't know. It's just something about it. Just like the 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 thrill, the journey. Like it, it it's. I don't know. It's just like the storyline behind it. You know. So that's why I was like, you know, I think Treasure Planet is definitely one of them, one of them all time greats that people really didn't recognize how good it was. Um, that and I would say also like Lion King. Lion King was was powerful as well. If you, especially when you're adult, not watching it, like some of the gems that it dropped, you like okay. I see what's going on when I like from what I didn't see when I was a child, you know what I'm saying? So that's yeah, I like I like to look back at some of the movies. Now that you brought that up, I might watch Treasure Planet tonight though. <laughs> like for it's a lot, it's a lot of like it's a lot of Disney movies though, and Pixar movies that like I I, I would go back and watch and I'd be like, okay, I, I don't even know why I even like this movie. Like it was good animation, but I'm just like, I ain't really do nothing. For me, I like those movies that actually speak like volumes, you know. So that's 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 my thing with it. All right, yeah, when I, when I saw that, I was like, man, you got to say something. That's crazy. I don't know if it's up there. But all right, you, you defend it. You defend it. <laughs> I'm right. telling you, re, rewatch Cap. Uh, 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 damn, I forgot that. Planet? Yeah, yeah. Rewatch Treasure Planet, and then we can rediscuss this. All right, yeah, we'll we'll follow back up in a, in a future interview. I'll let you know. Sure. Uh, then we had some, uh, some fan questions uh, people wanted to ask. Uh, this was from Victor Derns. He says, yeah. uh, How's the partnership with New Balance uh, been going uh, with you so far? Oh, man, it's good. Uh, they take care of me. So I, I have, like, literally, I don't have no words for it. Like, it's been the same since I uh, signed with them in 2016 to now. Like, they still family. They still take care of me. They still make sure I'm straight. Uh, anything I need, they're, like, literally persistent and on top of everything. So, uh, hey, that's literally all I can say is, not, like, I don't have nothing bad. And it's being, like, me, like, transparent and authentic, like, it's nothing wrong with the company. And I think that's why a lot of people try to come with New Balance because they like, well, dang, like, I don't really never hear nothing bad from them. Like, you know, you might hear little things in here and there from, like, other companies, but, like, man, we we family here. Like, at New Balance, like, everybody is, like, family. It ain't no craziness. Nobody doing no grimy or slimy stuff. Like, everything is good. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely in that park now. I got, what, when I was able to come out to that uh, event at Boston, that was super cool, yeah. like, it's like, yeah. oh man, I I don't see other I don't I don't think I'm, there's a, a many other companies that would invite me to this grand opening of your event. Like, so yeah. right there with you. Um, next one, Ethan RC said, "What is your favorite moment from Baylor and high school?" My favorite moment from Baylor and high school. Dang, that's a good question. Mm, high school, high school, high school. That's tough, yo. I'm gonna be honest. I would say for high school, you know, uh, I take it back to 2013. 
and the new balance i want to say it was the new balance uh was it the new balance pack? it was out of new balance or it was the the usa pan am for that i want to i can't i can't I forget the moments, but it was when, you know, rest in peace to uh, Cam, but it was when me and Cameron Burrell raced. And it was like, it was the race of the year. Like everybody, we had not, I don't think we ran against each other. Yeah, yeah, we did. We ran against each other in New York, but I ain't gonna lie, I hated them conditions. I got, I got like six of that meet, like, cause it was all that rain and everything. I was, I ran terrible. I think I went like 10-7 at that meet. But when it came to summertime for the national meet, it was like me and him. And it was, it came down to the line, you know, and to be honest, we would have did something crazy if they would have flipped the track. And I think, I think that was USA's, yo. Because we ran, me and Ken, I think one, I want to say me and Ken were like 10-3, but we ran into like a, a negative three win. So I was like, yo, if they would have flipped this track, y'all probably would have seen me and Ken do something crazy as high schoolers, yo. Like, I ain't gonna lie, because that, the anticipation and build up going up into it, like me and him was like at the blocks, like, we finna go head to head right now. You know what I'm saying? The summertime, good weather, no rain, no clouds like it was in New York. It's just straight grit, you know? So that that race was probably one of my most memorable races. One of, and if you look at like the the finish line photo, I think that's one of like my favorite photos too with me and him. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. And uh, I say Baylor, dang, that's tough. I ain't gonna lie, that, that, that's a tough one. I had a lot of good moments at Baylor. But I, I know I always talk about like the indoor 200, like me and Andre. That was like a good moment because it was it was dope because for a Baylor situation, the last person to win it from Baylor, his name was Trey. So it was like Trey won in 2009, then I won in 2015. So it was like back-to-back trades, won the 200 indoor. And then obviously with me and the grass, like we've been going at it since Pan Am Juniors coming out of high school. And then he came into the NCAA going at it and then, like looking back, it was like one of the mar- remarkable moments where it was kind of like the beginning of like this career up until now. Yeah, it's uh, it's been really cool seeing a lot of like the generations just growing up together. You've seen your your age group has grown up together, and you know mm-hmm. the that class of twenty sixteen with you know the Lyles brothers and you know Grant mm-hmm. and Rye and Norm and all them. And so it's like it's cool seeing where each graduation class kind of has their you know the mm-hmm. that that big matchups uh, that they got. Uh, and then last fan question we have, this is from ZC. He says, mm. what is your biggest fear? My biggest fear? Man, that's that's tough. Because I'm going to be honest, ain't, ain't too much that I'm scared no of. No spiders or anything like that? <laughs> nah, nah, I ain't scared of no spiders. Uh, well, obviously, once it's poisonous, I think anybody, you know, ain't trying to get bit. But I, don't, I wouldn't say, like, I'm scared. But uh, I just don't want to get bit. <laughs> yeah. But, uh biggest fear yo man you know growing up even still a little bit today my biggest fear is to feel like like I didn't do what I should have been doing from like a like a like I said kind of like from a servitude standpoint like a lot of people they look at like especially in sports they're like man if I don't win a championship or something like like I don't really care like I like I care but I don't care about that from a moral standpoint and what I mean by that is like what if I go through this whole sport and not impact nobody to chase their dreams or try to achieve something in life, right? Like, think about how many athletes that came through sport, like the sport world, who had an impact on nobody. Like, people be like, who was that? Do you know that? Like, like, that, like that's my thing. Like, I'm like, dang, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be able to, like, shine some light on people, be able to help and everything like that. So to feel like I couldn't lead this earth on E, that was probably, like, my biggest fear growing up. Like, I was just like, man, I just want to mean something. 
You know what I'm saying? Not from a, a material standpoint of saying like, oh, I got a gold medal. So now you know me. Like, nah, like I want to mean something to the world, like some type of change. Like I want, I want people to look back and be like, hey, that kid right there, he like, he may not done this or done that, but let me tell you, like, his voice shook the world or something, you know what I'm saying? Like something like that. I always wanted to move the world with like my words and, and impact people's lives. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, definitely. I've uh, been doing it, doing it pretty well so far. Looking forward to seeing how the next, uh, next few years are for you, man. For sure. And then um, now I want to flip the script, get onto some, uh, some of the track and field stuff. So um, yeah. one, I guess, first let's start at where, where it started for you. Like what, what got you interested in running um, and track as a, as a whole? Oh, well, I was a football, football, you know, kid growing up. My family all love football, even though my mom ran track, but most of my family, they favorite football. Most of the, most of the, you know, family did and everything. So for me, it was just like, uh, I run around and, you know, do all this through the neighborhood with the guys and everything. But it really wasn't something that I just gravitated towards until uh, one day my boy TJ father, he, he was like, hey, come race, you know, come race TJ and, you know, his boys and everything. Then when I won, he was like, okay, introduce me to my coach. And from there, it was just, you know, running, running, running. At first, I didn't really like it like that because I was like, man, I'm, you know, I'm getting tired. Like, it's just too much. Like, it really wasn't something that was like really engaging for me. I was just like, man, I'm just running. And then, you know, some, some just kept pulling me back to track, you know, even every time I tried to like quit and walk away and stuff like that. Cause I, I ain't gonna lie to you. Like, as a kid, I quit track like so many times. Like I, I, I stepped away from the sport for many, many years throughout like my adolescence age from like seven, eight, nine years old, sometimes like 11, 12, 13, 14. I, I came back after all the injuries. I was like, all right, some keep bringing me back to the track and field. So it must be what I'm supposed to do. There you go. And then yeah. what was that flat, flashing forward here? You know, mm. what, what was that like making your, your first Olympic team there in there in 2016? I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're at the, the peak of the, the sport, you know, that, that feeling when you cross the line at the Olympic trials and you're like, oh man, like, um, I'm finally an Olympian. Oh, uh, it's honestly, man, it was, I ain't gonna lie to you. For me, I know my potential. So like, I think that's why it'd be so hard for me to really be like, turn like on screen. Like, so I'm gonna tell you the difference between when I won USA trials in 2016 and when I not won USA trials in 2016 but when I made the team in 2016 from when I won indoors in 2016 so when I won world the won the world indoor title it was an excitement to where people seen it come about of me when I won because I went in all the way through to the finals not the favorite like I think I had lane three like I went in with probably like the fifth best or sixth best time like I don't think I was favored to go out there and take gold, you know what I'm saying? Like I was, I ain't gonna say I was barely making it through the rounds, but it was like, like me and somebody else leaning at the line, you know, to, to, to get a placement. But with trials, like when I'm winning heat one, like shutting down, or I'm like, you know, winning like the semis by a lot. Like I go into the finals, like, okay, I'm supposed to be here. You know, like for me not to make this team, I would literally just have to like mess up. So when I make the team, it's, it's exciting because I get another opportunity on the biggest stage, but it's not as big as like when you like when people go into races, not pick the win and they win. I think that's when you really see people turn up because I was like, I wasn't even supposed to, you know what I'm saying? Like you like, I wasn't even supposed to be in the conversation. So it's like, man, now I'm like, OK, shoot, they feel me now. So it's, it's I think it is a little different. So for me, it was it was it was a surreal moment because I'm like, OK, bam, like I made the team. 
uh, first Olympic team. Then obviously my boy Marv made it as well. So I was like, turn for him as well. So I'm like, you know, this, this is smooth. And obviously uh, with all three of us, uh, me, Marv and Gat having ties to Florida, it was like, okay, Florida going to represent, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, it was, it was a crazy, it was a crazy uh, experience. There you go. And then um, you get the, you get, to, you're an Olympian. And then shortly thereafter, I mean, you had some, you're going through a lot of your injuries. I know you've spoken on them, you know, a lot in previous interviews. I don't want to dwell on it too long, but, you know, could you share what that, that time was like, you know, when you're, you know, you're, you're going through a, a long period of just not being able to compete uh, to your fullest? Man, it was, it, it was hard. Honestly, even still to this day, it don't affect me, but it's still kind of hard. You know what I'm saying? Cause I feel like people, like I, I spoke on this before, like I feel like people don't give like me credit for the stuff that I have done. Cause if you think really right. So I came out of college in 2015, I, I announced that I wasn't going to go back to college. You know, I signed my, I signed my contract with my agency. I didn't start my pro debut until 2016, which is the same year I got hurt since 2016. Think about it. 2016. I only ran three meets before USA's. I think, I think it was three meets like hunt, like outdoor meets. And then I got hurt, came back, I ran USA's one time that was, I opened up there and didn't make it out of the first round because of my injury. And then I went all the way to 2019, tried to race, didn't work. And then 2020 came, it was COVID. 2021 was really like my real season debut, if we're going to be honest. Like I, like this was my, last year was my first year having an actual pro season. So like my career has been, it's been on the back end, you know, like, so that's why I think people got to kind of look at it for what it is. Like, I really, like, I really haven't been a pro if we being completely honest, like I haven't been a pro, you know? So like, yes, I run fast times. Like I get that. Uh, I think that's just a blessing that God has given me, but like, I really haven't had an opportunity to really develop as a pro. And I think it's a good thing too, right? Cause I look at people like Gat and I admire how far Gat has stretched his career out to where it's like, okay, I don't really have miles on my body because I didn't run and I didn't run at a high level from 2016 all the way to 2020. So like I got four years backed in the bag, you know, within yeah. me, but yeah, it, it, it was tough, man. Cause it's like, I got to sit back and watch everybody run, you know? So it's just, now it's like building that portfolio of accomplishing the things that I wanted to accomplish coming fresh out of college. Cause I felt like if I didn't have the injuries, I would have did like some crazy things just because of where like my projection was going. Uh, I was probably the youngest kid in the field, but running times like the vets, you know what I'm saying? I was a teenager running nine, eight, like it's, I, I was projected to do some great things, but you know, I, I try not to dwell on it because now we're living in the present. Right. So just trying to move forward. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like, man, what could have been, don't, don't worry about, so you worry about that. Then you, you're never going to be what you can be. Uh, exactly. totally, totally very worried about what, what you could have been. Uh, nice. And then, so this past year, crazy year, nine, seven, six, uh, fastest man in the world. I mean, what, what's it? I know you're still a pro now. And I've, I've asked a few, I know I talked to Marvin mm. uh, about, you know, you know, what, mm. what it's like when you're running these times, but what, what's that feel like being like, man, I'm, I, I ran the fastest mm. time on the planet. No one, no one, that all, there's 7.8 billion people here. I, I can get from, I can run a hundred meters the fastest. Like what's that feel like? Man, it like I don't think we get an opportunity to actually like soak it all in, to be honest. Cause like Marvin to tell you, like when we ran that time, like when we ran nine, seven and nine, eight the first time, like it was it happened so fast that like even he came in and he was like, bro, you know what you just did? And I'm like, 
I was like, man, I'm just, I'm just thinking about Charles because that's all I would, that's all we was using Miramar for was Charles. But what a lot of people got to understand too, because they like say, oh well, it was in Miramar. But you got to think, some of the fastest times people run, they run it relaxed, like they run it like it ain't really nothing, right? So we just seen a softer power post a post a video probably a couple of days ago, and we seen him shutting down because his coach told him to take it easy, and he ran nine seven. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I think when those type of situations happen, like it happens so fast. Like, like I said, at USA's in 2015 in the prelims, you can ask my, you can ask my previous coach, coach four. I told him, I said, I'm gonna try to run 10 in a round. I run nine, eight slowing down. Like I was like, Oh crap. I could have, I could have been 19 years old running nine, seven, but you, like you relax. So you don't think so in those moments, I'm just like, I felt tired. Like I ran that fast, but I wasn't in the moment of thinking like, dang, I just really ran nine, seven for the first time, you know what I'm saying? So it's like things like that. Um, and even with the race in Nairobi, like that was like a crazy time too. Cause like, like I said, a lot of people don't know what go on behind the doors. Like people don't know, like from four o'clock that morning, all the way up until the race, I was, on, I was like bed rest. I like, I was, I was sick. Like I woke up at 3 a.m. I was throwing up from 3 a.m. to like six in the morning. My PT had to come in pretty much take care of me, make sure like I'm straight, make sure like my fever going down, this, this, and that. I get to the track. I I promise you, I did two strides. I did a couple like A runs, A like A skip, B skip. I did like two block starts and I went out there. And the only last thing I remember, I remember Fred coming up to me. It was right after he ran a 200 and he was like, bro, go run nine seven. Gun went off. Boom. I was, I was like, look, like, I, you know what I'm saying? So it, it, it's crazy. But like I said, it happened so fast. The moments happen so fast. And you really don't really know what to do in the midst of it all. You just, it almost kind of pass you by, you know what I'm saying? So that's why I think people, when people talk about like running fast times, you almost want, like, like everybody said, you want to do it at like the biggest moment, right? So you want to try to run your fastest at like Olympics or world championships, because then it's equal opportunity to feel such a feeling and basket all in, whether if it's like, you know, an invitational meet or a golden, like a, uh, a golden series meet, uh, you know, a USA TF type meet, like you can't really bask in that because people are thinking of other things later on down the line. Like, oh, you still got words, you still got trials, you still got, it ain't really an opportunity to like soak it all in. Yeah, I know when I, I was a pole vaulter in, in college and high school. And so for me, it was like, I, I remember a lot of my best performances was like when I was feeling sick or like my warmups went terrible or, you know, the weather was bad. And it's just like a, you know, you're, you're mentally loose because you're like, man, things are all right. I'm already down in this mm-hmm. thing. Cause this all went bad. So I got nothing to lose. And so it's like, then that's sometimes when you perform the best, when the situations aren't, aren't great, because you know, yeah. you're, you're not worried about your performance. You're just, you're out there running. No facts. Facts. Yeah. And then, so uh, obviously you had coming in fantastic start of the year, you're, you're back mm-hmm. into running and, you know, when you, when you now have time to look at, you know, your, your performances now, you know, the, the Olympics, obviously you can't, you're coming in, you're, you're, you're the top seed. Could you give us some, you know, backdrop on, on you know, what was going on there? Cause I know obviously you didn't perform as well as you, you wanted mm-hmm. to, I'm sure. Could you kind of share yeah. with us, you know, what, what that was like? Don't want to dwell on it too long, but I'm sure a lot of yeah. people are probably interested. No, nah, man, like, I, like kind of the same thing I said when I was at the games, when it came, when it actually came to pass, it was just like, I don't, I literally physically, mentally could not tell you what happened. Like, and I know that's like, to, to most people that hear that, they're like, like, what do you mean? Like, how do you, like, what you mean you don't know what happened? Like, literally, like, what people, and I know Marvin, Marvin and us were talking about this the other day. What people got to understand, I didn't go to the Olympics and choose to not run fast. 
Like, that's the thing. I didn't go there like, oh, man, you know what? I'm going to get all this hype, and then I'm going to just run slow. Like, come on now. Like, nobody thinks like that. Like, people have seen me run through the NCAA circuit, seen me run, like, you seen me win USA Trials. you seen me get second behind Gatlin and Tyson at USA Trials and national championships in the past years. I'm a gamer. Like, I know how to race when it's time to race. That's why I say at the Olympics, I physically cannot tell you what went wrong. Like, it was just one of those things that we preach about as track athletes, right? It's so black and white. Any given day, anything can happen. And that anything happened, happened to me. Mm-hmm. I can't do nothing about it, you know? Do you, do you think it was, like, so when you're when you're about to line up on the line, were you like, mm-hmm. were you like, oh, yeah, I feel, I'm feeling pretty good? Or was it, were you there like, man, something's just, something just might not be feeling right? Like, what? what I, I promise you, you couldn't tell me that I wasn't going to win the Olympics. You couldn't. You couldn't, and maybe people, maybe, maybe people would say that's the problem. Maybe they think, maybe I went in there thinking too highly of myself, thinking like, oh, it was just going to be a, a, a walk in the park. But I don't think like that. Like, even though I went in there confident, like, okay, I can win this thing, I still never take nothing. Like, I never take anybody for granted. Like, I'm like, look, they can show up they best today. So I didn't go into it thinking like, oh, this is about to be a walk in the park. I can chill, do this. I, 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 can, I can jog through the round. Like, no, I was not thinking that. Like, I was like, look, these guys is gunning for me because I'm I'm the poster boy going into the, the games. Like, so everybody's gunning for me. So I'm not going in there thinking like, oh, this is going to be a handout. I didn't go in there thinking like, oh, man, something is wrong. Literally none of that. I went into that. I went into that thinking with the same mentality I always have. It's the same hundred meters, just a different location. Time to race. Simple as that. So when people ask me, do I get nervous? I literally tell them like, no, because I literally have been thinking like this since I was a child. This is what my coach instilled into me, uh, recipes coach G. She always told us it's the same hundred meters, just a different location. It don't matter what anybody say. We still got to run a hundred meters. So I'm never nervous because we've done this. Like I've been running tracks about four years old. I've been running a hundred meters for many, many years. What am I to get nervous about? It ain't nothing else to be like the hard work is already done. And what's going to happen is going to happen. So I, I don't see no reason. Like I said, I, I don't know what happened. I, I literally couldn't tell you. Yeah, you. You've been running track longer than some people that were lining up on the line have been alive. So <laughs> when you think and about no, it. For real. For so real. It's been there for a long time. And, and I'm sure another thing people would wonder, like the four by one, it didn't, it didn't yeah. go quite the way that people wanted. You know, there, the handoffs, yeah. there have been videos and people talking about, you know, not mm. as much practice as you'd like, like, you know, what kind of, you know, what, do you have any behind the scenes on, you know, what, what was going on there? Cause I know USA, obviously we have the best collective sprinters, you know, yeah. it's, it's crazy at what we got. Do you have any insight on, on kind of what, what that was looking like? Uh, I kid you not, man, we did not practice. Like we had two days and one day was really just kind of going through the motion. The other day was actually picking it up. But besides that, it was, it was like, we just got thrown out there and, I felt bad for like people like Wallace who got called at the last minute to be the coach, right? So now he's taking all the hit. Us as athletes taking all the hit. And it's like not our fault. That's why one thing I can agree with Carl Lewis is like all these other countries, they got a system set up for us to succeed, like for them to succeed. You know what I'm saying? So, and I know it's hard for us because every year you got guys who run in nine, eights. You don't know who's going to make the team, but still in the, in the sense of that, you can you can almost gather if you take out the sense of oh one of them can fall start or one of them was hurt going into the trials you can almost gather who's going to be in the final you can almost you can almost i ain't gonna i ain't gonna try to put nobody ahead of anybody because like we say any given day anything can happen 
but you can tell throughout the season if these guys are separating themselves in multiple meets and times of they running multiple 990s or 98s, like it's gonna be a good chance they might make it into the final. And if they are, they're on the relay pool. So if that's the case, like set up more camps, uh, even even meetings, Joe, to like even set up a system to where it's like who will run what leg? Because I think that was the biggest factor. Like, because you can't tell four guys or five guys who run nine, eight, nine, nine lows that they only could specifically run this leg, right? So it's like over 100 meters, they the fastest regardless. Curve or no, no curve, you know what I'm saying? So it's like having those meters to be like, okay, what do y'all feel comfortable instead of just throwing them out there, you know? Yeah, it's that's definitely going to be a, a tough conversation to have. Of like, yeah, you're. I know you're the fourth fastest person in the entire world. We got to put you in the third leg. Like, yeah, what, 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 what? yeah. <laughs> and you be like, I ain't even comfortable running there. And so that's that's the that's the problem we run into, right? So, like, for my opinion, like I said, from me being right there, we had a meeting. The guys who were there practicing, we had a meeting. We was like, look, at the end of the day, today could be like. When we run in this prelims, it could be a totally different team in the finals. And we were all okay with that. So that's why I want people to know, like, people people think, hold on, excuse me. They know it was running, but people think that who was out there was probably going to be the possible finals team. But things like, like, things could have changed. You know what I'm saying? All, we set it up the best way, you know, as a collective group that we thought we can get ourselves through the prelims, at least easy. Like, we had the top guys, right? So we didn't think we wasn't going to make it. So, but when it comes down to, like I said, the structural standpoint, if we had more time, I think we could have really like peaked out the, like picked out like uh, strengths and weaknesses, you know what I'm saying? So that was the thing. So, yeah. 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 Cause like I see, I think earlier on this season, like what was it, Canada or Italy, they were doing four by one handoffs already. It's like, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they, they got there. They, you know who the four fastest are there. It, it can exactly. be they're like 10 people on Team USA, maybe even more that, that it could be mm-hmm. for, for us. And so, right. how, how do you use that as motivation? You know, like this is what you, you saw it didn't go the way you wanted. How are you using that, you know, going forward here with the world championships coming up uh, later mm-hmm. on this season? Excuse me real quick, because I got this thing going off. I'm trying to turn it off. My bad. Uh, say that again. My fault. Yeah. How? Uh, so looking at how 2021, the, the mm-hmm. Olympics didn't finish the way you wanted. How are you using that mo- as motivation for, you know, coming up with this year? We got the world championships in Eugene. You know, how, how are you using that to, to get ready for, for this upcoming major? Uh, just being smart about scheduling the meets and just putting out the best performances. Uh. I know one thing for myself, I definitely are trying to get more into races that are developed with high caliber athletes just to get used to competing at high levels all the time rather than going to meets where I know I'm definitely going to win and not having like that pressure. You know what I'm saying? So like for me, that was like a big thing as well, because a lot of athletes that uh, have been competing uh, since they turned pro, they probably been in many, many races where they racing against the top competitors all the time. Well, like I said, for myself, I've been out of the game so much, even though I can compete against the best of the best. It's like what people like people got to understand. I want to be consistent as possible. Right. So I just want to make sure whoever I line up against, I know what the outcome going to be. Exactly. Yeah. And it's looking at the field this year. I mean, just in the United States alone. I mean, there there's so many top level talents. I mean, obviously yourself, you got Marvin Coleman, uh, but Lyles, like there's a lot of uh, Curly, you know, I'm sure yeah. there, there's many other guys 
um, Arian Knighton that are coming up along the ways, you know, what's it like having so much competitive juices, you know, all these great athletes in the United States, like knowing that, you know, if you're any USA's is going to be, it's going to be a fight. Like it's going to be a lot. If you can win USA's, you can, you can probably win, you know, you you might be able to win the world championships there. I'm going to be honest with you. I think, and I can, I can almost probably be positive about this. I think whatever wins USA's will be the fastest time we see this year, even, even including uh, the world championships. Why? Because I can almost say for a fact that we will have, we're going to have a lot of nine, eight guys at USA Charles. We can almost guarantee that. Like we're going to have a lot of nine, eight guys. When you talk about the world championships, you, you only got a certain amount of people that can go off the team. You know what I'm saying? So all the nine, eight guys in the U.S., can't go you know what i'm saying so who's to say that when it comes to the finals everybody's going to be in nine eight form at the at the, at the uh, world championships so it may not take you know nine it may it may win with 980 again or nine seven high but honestly like you're gonna think about it you got me and coleman coming in with nine seven pbs you got marvin fred uh kenny um uh, Ron, like all like all these people who got nine, eight low PBs, who I'm pretty sure are not working hard to not run faster. Then you got anybody that's at like that high nine eights and then at that nine, nine, 90 barrier that's trying to break down to the nine eights as well. So you're going to have all that pushing down Oregon track. Man, I don't think I don't think nothing's going to be faster than what we're going to see at USA trials in a spec in a sense of a time. If if something I'm, I'm going to say this, if worlds produce a faster time it will be because somebody of that nine seven nine eight caliber pushes whoever wins to a faster time that's the only way i i, I personally see it because it's it's hard to get a, a a group of guys like the u.s in the same heat of the you know the fire right so like even prefontaine that's 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 going to be crazy itself so and I think that'll be a good indicator of what we may see as well at Worlds. Uh, but definitely for sure what we'll see at Trials, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, talk, talking about that, I was curious. I know obviously you're you're a new balance guy, so it might be mm-hmm. a little bit different. Were there was that a race you were kind of thinking about hoping to get into, or was that something that was never really on the on the radar uh for you? So I, I really didn't talk too much about uh Prefontaine uh with my with my team. Uh it's been it's been in the conversation but for me it was like i wanted to go to birmingham and i know birmingham is like some days right before it so that's you know travel and all that stuff so it's yeah it, it, it was a lot i already kind of had my schedule picked out of what i wanted to do so yeah i mean hey who knows i might i might change my mind you you know you might see like a last minute entry you never know there you go they do have nine lanes on the track so there could be <laughs> another person we could see trayvon hey, we'll maybe, see. maybe they maybe they saving it man <laughs> Yeah, you say, hey, I don't, I don't know. Uh, awesome. Uh, Trayvon, thank you so much for, for taking the time to do this. Uh, I really do appreciate it. I mean, where could people go if they wanted to follow more about you on, on social media or anything like that? Oh, yeah, you can follow me at I am Trayvon Bromel uh, on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, shoot. Yeah, just DM me, hit me up, you know, check out the pics, check out the videos on TikTok. I think it's Bullet, Bullet Bromel one. So, yeah, you can find me anywhere.
There you go. There you go. Thank you so much, Trayvon. And thank you to everyone who's been listening. This has been another episode of Track World News. If you want more content, go follow us over on Instagram. We post almost daily over there. Highlights, clips, all that type of stuff. Uh, That's going to do it for us. Have a good one. Peace.